This is Wednesday night Bible study class, November the 18th, 2020, with our CE director, Reverend Mac Perry. Tonight's message is Prophecy of God. We'll start off tonight with Ashlyn Woodard with Psalm. You are not hidden. It's never been a moment you were forgotten. You are not hopeless. Though you've been broken, you're innocent, stolen I hear the whisper underneath your breath I hear your S.O.S., your S.O.S. I will send out an army find you in the middle of the darkest night is true I will rescue you there is no distance that cannot be covered over and over you're not defenseless I'll be your shelter, I'll be your armor I hear the whisper underneath your breath I hear your S.O.S., your S.O.S. I will send out an army find you in the middle of the darkest night is true I will rescue you and I will never stop marching to reach you in the middle of the hardest fight is true I will rescue to rescue us and then mostly rescue our soul. Thank God. Thank you for that song, Chuck. All right. Uh, I am going to, uh, I think I read um, verse 
45 last week as an ending verse, but I want to use it as beginning because I want to make a couple points and then go forward. So read with me uh, as I start in 45, verse 45. And God again this week uh, has blessed me tremendously with uh, a few key words and a few key things in my spirit that I want to spend some time on tonight that I believe will help us understand and who Jesus really is and what he wants to do for us. And also it will bless us and encourage us. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary, uh, which had been visiting Mary, we're talking about the ending of uh, the raising of uh, Lazarus from the dead here, um, and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. So as I mentioned last week, there was many, as the words here say, many of the Jews believed. Now notice tonight we're going to talk about um, those that didn't believe, uh, starting in verse 46. But some of them, and I want you to notice some key words here that quite honestly, as I've been studying this over the last few months, several things stand out that has never touched my heart before. But when, they, when Jesus says here, but some of them went their way, you know, he could have said a lot of, John could have told us in a lot of ways what, what, when they just left that they didn't believe, they just went you know, uh, left and went and told somebody. They, you know, they, he could have said it a lot of ways, but when it just touched my heart uh, about them went their ways. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit. So they went their ways and first to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. And then verse 47, then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, so they called a meeting. <laughs> what do we do? For this man doeth many miracles. The great thing here is even the, the Pharisees and Sadducees, the so-called religious leaders, recognized that Jesus was doing some great things. And in 48, if we left him thus alone, notice the way they say this, again, some key words, all men will believe on him. So they're very concerned that all people may eventually believe on him. And then the Romans shall come and take away, now this is very important, both our place and nation. Now what they're meaning there is they're going to take away their status, their power, their, uh, their, their way of being, and who they are, so they're afraid they're going to lose something. Uh, and then one of them named Caliphus as... Uh, John tells us, being the high priest, and I think it's very notable, he didn't only call him a high priest, but we'll see in a few uh, minutes that he is a Sadducee, and, and, and I think there's a specific reason he mentions that, and I'll talk about that a little bit. But being the high priest that same year, said unto them, ye know nothing at all. And in Johnson County language, y'all don't know nothing. <laughs> And then if that came to my heart, it's funny, but sometimes the Lord puts humor in your heart when you're studying His Word. And then 50, nor considered that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not. Wow, I want to talk about this. This is really key when you think about what he's saying there. And the whole nation perish not that one man should die for the people. And then this is the one that really caught my attention also. Again, uh, 51. And this spake he not of himself, but being the high priest that year, he prophesied 
that Jesus should die for the nation. That is powerful, people. Look at that now. He's prophesied, as John is saying, that Jesus should die for the nation. I want to talk about that some. But first, let's do a little bit of a refresher on where we're at uh, uh, from last week. Uh, last week, we studied the previous five or six verses, and I'll uh, name that. That was actually the event of raising Lazarus, and we started in 40 and 41. And Jesus is starting out the, the verses thanking his Father for hearing him. And, and he's saying it out loud because he wants the people to hear that he is thanking God and recognizing God as uh, doing the miracle. So he wanted to give his father praise, and that's what he was doing. He certainly was also thinking of his father. He, you know, he's, he's thanking God before the, the Lazarus even uh, was risen, but he was actually thinking about in anticipation and expectation. He had really complete confidence that his father was about to raise him from the dead. So Jesus is praying audibly, not only to let people... Uh, understand and hear what he's saying that you know he's recognizing God as doing the miracle but he's also I believe he's doing it because he wanted to build their faith he wanted to bless them he wanted to encourage them he wanted to lift them up as we talked about it and that what type of faith it takes I believe when you really read into what's being done here you can read into Jesus's faith that the level of faith he is and, and the true faith what true faith really means because here we go, you know, in a, within minutes, Lazarus is going to be raised from the dead. So Jesus was doing a lot of things there, but most of all, he was blessing and encouraging. And then when we got to very, uh, verse 43 and 44, he cried loudly, Lazarus, come forth. And the thing I say about the resurrection, what touched my heart as I was reading about the resurrection was I was comparing it to that, to salvation and what that really means uh, when we accept salvation. And, and that means that Julie, Jesus truly <laughs> restores the heart and mind. He lifts you up. He, he brings you out of a... Uh, a sinful life. He gives you a new life, so He resurrects your heart and your life. So, so after salvation, you are a new person, and as long as you stay in His will and His love, He will bless you. Notice that also Lazarus' life was restored in the old body, which again confirmed to me that, you know, Jesus is saying to us, even in our old body, He can give us new life. He can give us salvation, and I mentioned that last week, and also I mentioned about helping to take off the rags. Jesus asked the people about um, assisting in the miracle. First of all, if, uh, when you go back to verse uh, 40, uh, I'm sorry, verse 39, uh, Jesus is asking the people to take away the stone. You know, Jesus could have rolled away that stone. He did his own stone. He rolled his own stone. And, he, and, he, and you know, he come out in a new body and uh, in a new glorified body. But he didn't have to ask them. But I believe he asked them. And John noted it for us in his writing so we would recognize that we are to help in the miracles. We can't perform the miracles. But I believe in our daily walk and talk, as we mentioned, Jesus asked us to participate in the miracles. We are uh, in, my, in my mind, as Christians, responsible, uh, held accountable, and we should be a part of pre the pre uh, preparation and preparatory work in setting the example and teaching the Word and preaching the Word and those kinds of things. And, and I mentioned about some things about what we could be doing, and I, I used the, 
the phrase uh, rolling away the stones and talking about the stones of ignorance. And, you know, a lot of times when uh, people don't believe it's because they, they don't understand. They don't have the facts and it's our job to teach the facts and live by actions and live, uh, you know, uh, uh, by the Word of God and present ourselves and help remove the, the uh, ignorance that they may have and also misunderstandings they may have. Many of them uh, have words from the Bible that they quote, but yet they don't have a good understanding of what that really means. And then stones of doubt. We're not to plant, plant seeds of doubt. We're to plant seeds of, of truth. And uh, we must do that by our witness and our testimony. And uh, I went through a lot more detail than that, but just going to glance over that. And then he said, loose them. Help them get the rags off. And that also means help them in their burdens and praying for them. It may assist them in loving them, praying, and all those kinds of things. I won't go through all of that. But, uh, but I do believe that I left that with this thought is uh, we never give up on them and we continue to pray for them. And there's a lot of work for us to do. And I mentioned also that God uses us to uh, bless people as he did Ananias, to bless Paul and Peter to reach Cornelius and also Philip to reach the Ethiopian people. So Jesus wants us to reach people, as I mentioned last week. Jesus is the answer. So looking at tonight's lesson, uh, lesson I'm going to start out with a little bit of history. Uh, I love history, as I mentioned you know, in the past. But before we uh, get into the details, I think under, to understand a little bit of history will help us uh, understand uh, for example, timing-wise, how much Jesus' time has left uh, based on uh, where he's at today. Right after the resurrection, or at that time, right after the resurrection, Jesus has approximately two to three days left before his death and resurrection. Now, you, you, have, you have to wonder, wow, John, uh, the, the book of John has 21 chapters. Think about this. The book of John has 21 chapters. We've been studying 11 chapters, which cover almost 33 years of his life. 33 years, 10 months, some weeks, and days. So I'm, I'm trying to make a point here that he's spending the last 10 chapters of his book on the last few days of his life, of Jesus' life. Why? I believe the emphasis, and, and John wants us to know, and not only John, as I'm about to tell you, John is clearly emphasizing the importance of Jesus' death and his resurrection, which we will be getting into in the last 10 chapters of John. Also, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they use about a third, 27 chapters of their books to emphasize the same thing. The, well, actually, it's more like about, according to history, about the last eight days of Jesus' life. So they, they, they do a lot of uh, a detailed uh, wording uh, for us to learn and understand. And when you ask the question, why did they put so much time in it? Because they all four the Gospels want us to understand, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the very importance of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and what it means to us. So when we get into, uh, it's the greatest sacrifice ever, and he loved us for that uh, and did that. So verse 45, when uh, what it tells us there that then many of the Jews had witnessed the miracle. I wanted to start there because I mentioned last week that there was some 
significant resurrections going on uh, during the resurrection of Lazarus, the four days before, and uh, the resurrection of Lazarus. And I highlighted a few. I won't go into the detail again, but I want to, it's significant that the resurrection of Martha, she had a new level understanding. She was carried to an understanding of who Jesus really was, the giver of life. She loved him. She knew he was Christ's son, but she had a new understanding lifted up what that really, really means. And then when I think about Mary, uh, she was lifted up also. You remember? She was really down in her pain and her grief, and Jesus brought her out of that. As soon as she started hearing the witnessing of what Jesus had to say to her, giving her a new higher uh, understanding, as soon as she came face to face with Him, she got a whole new understanding, a level of faith that uh, she had in Third resurrection was the physical resurrection of Lazarus, and also, I believe, at Lazarus uh, when he... Uh, uh, he understand and recognized too, had a new understanding that he just got brought back to life. And then the fourth resurrection is which I'm spending time on tonight and uh, also the other side of that which there were some that didn't believe. The fourth resurrection was all those pit people that were saved uh, that day. And I believe that's the word that we use today. They, re they received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They believed on Him. They now have faith and trust in Him. And they were given a new life. That resurrection is a new life that given. And we're going to be talking more over the next 10 chapters about that new life, the giver of new life also. Uh, when we look at verse 46, we start getting into the lesson tonight about uh, um, what... Um, the ones that didn't believe uh, began to do. And first of all, I, I mentioned the word, but some of them went their ways as we, we learn in 46, John is telling us. To me, that means, to me, that they were thinking in the flesh. They were still in the flesh. They were still selfish, self-centered, self-righteous, and only thinking about themselves. And, and, you know, first John is saying when they went their way, they did what they wanted to do, and they didn't believe. That's what I believe John is telling us. They didn't believe. They're still believing in themselves and no one else. And I, when, I, when you think about what that they had just witnessed the greatest miracle that ever occurred in the resurrection of Lazarus, you, you really, it is really hard for us to understand as a Christian why did these people walk away and did not believe? But you know, the same thing has happened today. Even though it's not the magnitude of Lazarus, maybe, his resurrection, every day God is blessing us. Every day that we're on this earth, God is blessing us. And we need to understand that more and more, that he's still performing miracles, and people need to see that. The next thing they did is that the human flesh took over. I... I actually read a couple articles on this. The next thing they did, I think one of them actually article named it that, and the next thing they did is uh, they, went, they felt the need to go tell somebody something, right? Now, actually, the word gossiping came into mind as I studied this, that, you know, they wanted to go share something that, you know, just tell somebody something. And it certainly, <clears throat> excuse me, it certainly wasn't, to build Jesus up. It wasn't to uh, share the gospel of Jesus. It wasn't to do anything but to tear him down. That's why I believe it was gossiping. They felt like they had to go tell somebody. They just, you know, th and it was what they wanted to do. It wasn't what Jesus wanted them to do. So John has let us know the same thing happens today. There are people who will not believe 
And they will always try to tear down the gospel. And yes, they will always try to tear us down also. And John is preparing that for us in his word. That there is people that actually witnessed the miracle of the raising of Lazarus and they did not believe. That's important, folks. And even though they saw the goodness and the blessings of Jesus and how not only that one, but they had already heard about many miracles as we read in our scriptures tonight. They knew about many things, but still did not believe. I also want to say one thing that Lord just planted in my heart as I was studying this is that, you know what? Even though they didn't believe, they went on and did their human things and they tried to tear Jesus down. They tried to say uh, things to hurt. They, they still did this. Jesus still tells me and he, he reminded me, I'm not to turn my back on those folks. I am still to continue to pray for them. I'm still to lift them up. I'm still to love them, to be around them and live the life of Jesus around them. We are to still continue, continue to show them because one day, folks, one day, these folks, as I'm going to tell you today, will go through some circumstances that they may need us and they, we can help lead them to Jesus. So don't ever, ever give up because there could be circumstances in their life the same as Caliphus, as we'll talk about here in a little bit. And in 47, verse 47, um, they gathered, the chief priests gathered and the Pharisees canceled uh, and they went, had a meeting. Now, the meeting was all about what can we do about Jesus. The religious leaders uh, decided amongst themselves in their discussions, as you as we as read, they just can't excuse me, they just can't ignore it because if they ignore it, this man is going to continue to bless people. We got to do something because listen, notice the scripture uh, even note, uh, noticed, noted that they notified they noticed that Jesus had done many, many miracles. When you study the history of the Sadducees and the Pharisees, this is amazing in itself, that even having a meeting, by the way, together, they hated each other. When you read history and biblically, they hated each other. They had difference of political uh, views. They had difference in personal views. For example, the Sadducees didn't believe at all in any type of miracle or any type of resurrection. They just didn't believe it happened where the Pharisees may have believed some of it. The Sadducees did not. And they had opposite views on everything. And then I, God again put a little humor in my heart. Mac, what does this remind you of today, the world you live in? We seem to be divided. We, we seem to be in a world that is in a country especially that is divided, that is basically split, split down the middle, different political views, different religious views, different views. We just, it just reminded me of that, and I think John is reminding us of that, that these, these groups. But the one thing about this particular situation is they called a meeting with the Sadducees and the Pharisees. They joined together in an effort to destroy Christ. Their uh, effort was they were determined to get rid of him. Now let's look at why they wanted to get rid of him. Verse 48. If we leave this alone, all men will believe on him and the Romans shall take away our place. What this really means is now we're getting to the real issue, the real concern, the real problem they had with Jesus 
is they feared that all men would believe and they feared this would cause them to lose their power, their positions, their ownership of things. It would, it would cause them to lose maybe their money, their prestige, their ego. It, would, it was all about them. And so these so-called religious leaders, I thought about uh, them losing their power. They were thinking, no way are we going to let this happen. But yet, you know, they, uh, they were the ones that obviously didn't have any faith in Jesus or in God because they actually used Moses and, and David and the Old Testament to challenge and question Jesus. But yet, they didn't have any faith, any belief at all. You, you wonder how uh, politically they even got along anyway uh, to have this meeting. But they did come together to, to try to plot and scheme to convince Pilate, uh, the Roman emperor, to uh, have Jesus crucified. They obviously proved themselves in their, not only in their comments, but in their actions, who they really were. They were so-called, as I've mentioned many times, religious leaders. And in our mind, they, they, they didn't know the same God we did. It was all about them. They did not stand up for God when they really should have been standing. Fear, same thing happened then, happens today. Fear moves into our heart. And fear has kept many of us, many people, I'm sorry, not many of us, but many people from accepting Jesus Christ, who He really is. Fear of losing something. Fear of losing whatever. Their power, their money, uh, whatever. Their family and, and being separated. Fear is what uh, separated them. But you know what? When you think about fear, they had so much fear, they didn't think about what uh, they would gain. They would think about what they would lose. And when you start thinking about what you're going to lose, you're never going to be able to gain in Jesus Christ's heart. So moving into 49 through 51, Calipus, the high priest, and a Sadducee said, Ye know nothing. I want to specify this because I'm going to talk about this a little bit. Verse 49. And in 50, that man should die for the people that the whole nation perish. And then in verse 51... John tells us he prophesied Jesus should die for the nation, basically what he's saying. So Calipus was the high priest in charge, not only of the Pharisees, but he was in charge of the temple and all the things that go with that. He had already been scheming and thinking about, and all, uh, the Sadducees and Pharisees had been thinking about a way to appeal to Pilate or go to Pilate to have Jesus crucified. And when he said something like, ye know nothing, he is dismissing as a Sadducee, especially the Pharisees' comment, that this, Jesus is doing miracles. He's basically saying, no, he didn't. And then, you know, the people believe, he said, no, people's not going to believe. He just seemed like it, it won't go he won't even go worry about it. And, uh, you know, he's basically saying, everything y'all saying is foolish. The fact is, it's just better it's just better for this one man to die than for all of us to lose our power or to perish. But Caliphus did not realize at all that his prophecy, uh, you know, uh, his prophecy 
was going to come to life. He didn't realize that. I, I believe, for example, in John 1.29, uh, uh, John the Baptist had already announced Jesus in the very first chapter, close to the very, some of the first verses in uh, John. He'd already announced that uh, Jesus would be the Savior of the world, the Lamb of God. He'd already announced that. So, quite honestly, uh, he didn't know it. I, I just believe that the Holy Spirit, God, put these words into Calipus just so they would all know what was going to happen and, and John also made it known to us that it was a prophecy. Israel's Messiah would become the ultimate sacrifice, not for only the Jewish nation. So he didn't know what he was doing. You know, Calipus fought Jesus and everything he did, everything about him. Uh, so he could hold his position of power, and he did everything he could do to get uh, um, Jesus crucified. Something I want us to just be reminded of, I'll jump ahead a little bit. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Jump ahead a little bit. The resurrection, uh, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ was ultimately... <clears throat> I'm sorry. The, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ was the ultimate downfall of Calipus. Now, how do I know this? It tells us in Mark chapter 8, 36, Calipus lost everything. Calipus lost everything. As I start to close these three verses, Jesus, after Jesus' resurrection and death, and I'm jumping ahead because I'm getting us prepared for where we're going, um, the religious Jews... Um, yeah, all the religious Jews, when, when, when Jesus was uh, crucified and, and, and he came back, but after that, uh, here on this earth, there was an outpouring of the Spirit. There was all these things that was going on as we learned early in the chapters. But also because of Jesus' death, the Jews started getting persecuted, especially those that believed. And they kind of scattered uh, uh, out of the city. Mark 24 and of two in Luke 21 and uh, 6. I do want to say also during this time, uh, well, actually as Jesus was walking on the earth, I'm getting a little bit uh, behind and ahead of myself, but let me go back. Before Jesus' death, Jesus prophesied one of the greatest prophecies in, in, that ever was that nobody had ever, no prophets, no uh, priest, not even John the Baptist, had prophesied before. And it was known to the Jewish nation what he prophesied. And what he prophesied was about Israel's nation being totally destroyed. And this is the key point here. And their beloved temple would be destroyed stone by stone by stone. And for us to understand what that really means, this, there was a strong bond between the Jewish people and their temple. They passionately loved this beautiful, great temple. It's what they went and asked for forgiveness. They made sacrifices. They, they did all kinds. They just felt that was the place they could go to uh, get peace. And they fought many wars. They fought many wars to protect and preserve the temple. This took a lot of courage from Jesus 
uh, when he was walking on the earth, got a lot of criticism about when he prophesied that the temple would be destroyed stone by stone. Well, things started happening um, with, uh, in the Jewish nation and the people scattered, the Jewish religious uh, believers, the Christians started scattering because they were being threatened. They were being told if they said anything about Jesus or if they mentioned Jesus, they would be killed. And we're going to be studying uh, some of this stuff or locked up or in prison. So things started taking a downturn. But I'm saying all this to, to wrap up about this this calipus, this, this uh, priest that wanted Jesus cru crucified. It also tells us in Luke 21 and 6 and also in John 8 and 24 that around roughly 70, 72 A.D. that the Romans invaded Israel and not only destroyed the great uh, city of Israel but destroyed the temple stone by stone. Jesus had prophesied this, it again confirmed who Jesus really was. With the resurrection and the prophecy being fulfilled, these two things together, will, um, together, we'll study more about this, these two things together, combined together, uh, carried to, is what helped give the pathway of Christ, of Jesus Christ death and resurrection and who he really was and the word of God to be uh, spread not only to the Jewish nation but to, to the entire world, the, Jewish, uh, the Jews and Gentiles. So this, and, and Calipus lost everything. And as we get into more things, I'll talk about it. In, uh, so in, in my, the way I look at it as uh, you reap what you sow, you know, they did a, a, a lot of bad things to Jesus, but Jesus in the end, uh, prophesied what was going to happen and other prophets before him, Isaiah and others prophesied what was going to happen. But all of it, his death and crucifixion that we're about to study was all meant to be. It was part of God's plan and Calipus actually played a part in it and didn't even know it. Jesus, as I end up tonight, is the answer to all our pain, all our suffering and everything changes. Everything changes in our life when we accept Him and into our heart and we allow Him to take over our lives. Notice the way I say that. We want Him to take over our life. The deeper we go into our relationship with Him, the better we will be able to handle our trials and go through our trials. I want to end tonight because of... I'm looking forward to getting in the last 10 chapters. Again, we won't be having a Bible study next week, but the following uh, uh, week uh, I'm praying about it and seeing how God wants to lead me going forward. But uh, I'll leave you with this. You know, the prophecies of God, every single one has come true. Every single prophecy in this book of God has come true. Even in the days that we're living in today, it, prophecies are still being fulfilled. They some more to be fulfilled, I believe, because the coming of Christ is certainly one of them. Tonight, as I leave you, I, I, I have these words in my heart. Get ready, be prepared. Get ready, be prepared. God put them two words in my heart. Again, I've had them before. I've had some messages on those before. And I'm there in my heart again. We are people, we are in the end times. We are in the end times. Jesus Christ died on the cross 
and was resurrected for us. He loves us. He gives us a pathway to be forgiven for our sins so that one day we can have eternal life in heaven. God's prophecy is real. Thank you. God bless you. Thank, um, bless someone this week. Call someone this week. Have a great week in Jesus Christ. Thanks for tuning in to our live stream here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church. If you want more information about our church, go to our website, pinelevelphc.org. That's pinelevelphc.org. You can check out pictures, events coming up. Also, watch other services that you may have missed. Also, you can download our free app through the Google Play or the iOS App Store. You can watch our services live or on demand. And you can get push notifications about upcoming events here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church, as well as check out other information that's going on here. Also, Facebook users, search Facebook for uh, Pine Level PHC and you can like our page on Facebook get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other things that we post through Facebook. If you're a YouTube fan, go to YouTube, search Pine Level PH Church and subscribe to our channel and get notifications when we go live. You can watch our services live or on demand through YouTube. We also have a podcast available for the people who can't watch. You can listen while you drive or work. Go to your favorite podcast provider or you can go to our website or the app for the quick link to the podcast. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. Tune in again Sunday morning at 1030 or Sunday night at 6 p.m. and Wednesday at 7. God bless.